Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and today we've got a really cool segment that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about something that I really need you to pay attention to, and this is how to not, I mean, how to not pay those taxes, how to do it the correct way. We're going to be talking about cost segregation, how it works, if it's for you, what it costs, some of the ins and outs, do's and don'ts. My next guest is really going to unlock the value of what cost segregation is, why you should pay attention to it, and why you should be using it in your real estate business. If you're buying and holding properties, you are really doing yourself a disservice if you're not doing cost segregation. Before we get into that though, real quick, I wanna jump onto the iTunes reviews. You guys are giving me those love, give me those reviews. So that first one comes up from Porterfield5712. It's enjoyable. Keep up the excellent work. I'm excited to watch how this podcast grows and develops. Awesome sound quality and show flow. I am using my really nice mic right now. It's super, super sharp. Too bad is my words are not always super sharp. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we get it done, boys and girls. We do get it done, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So thanks for that iTunes review. I really appreciate it. I love it when you guys take the time to go do that. I do like to give you guys shouts out for, for doing it and just really making that thing special for me. So thank you so much. So now my next guest, I really think you're going to really get a lot out of it. His name's Joseph Viri, and Joseph is the principal at... U.S. Tax Advisors Group. He started his company in 2008. He's been doing it for a pretty good amount of time. And really, one of the cool things about what he does, and so there's a lot of different types of cost segregation companies out there. He actually hires the real engineers. He has real engineers working for him. I think that you can be, you got to watch out what you're doing. There's a lot of cost segregation companies out there that may not quite do it correctly. So I think he's way above board. He knows what he's doing. He understands the difference and he's about helping you get to that next level and giving you the assistance that is needed to break free from that vice of Uncle Sam. So we're getting ready to get into it. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. All right, we're back. Listen, super excited about this episode. We, we talked about a lot of ground. It is exciting. It's good stuff. So here we go. Joseph, welcome to the show, brother. All right. Thanks, Corey. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing amazing. It's a beautiful Arizona day. The weather is finally, and I mean finally, starting to cool off because it's been hell on earth in Arizona for the last three months. Well, you should have been in San Diego. I know all the zonies come out here because we've really had an actual cool winter, not hot. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It's been pretty decent. Well, listen, so today's episode, we're going to talk about this thing called cost segregation and 
What the hell is that, right? So for everybody listening right now, they're like, cost segregation, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you, I'll just present it with this, that you're going to want to pay attention to this episode because what Joseph's going to share with you is real, it moves the needle for more than one person. And so, Joseph, give us a little bit of background more about who you are and whatnot, and then let's kind of open up this thing called cost segregation and start getting into it. Great. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the background. They can read my bio, my CV, but I've been in this industry since 2007. And uh, prior to that, I was involved in real estate. I was working for the California Association of Realtors, and I was doing financial planning, et cetera. And by accident, I got involved in cost segregation in 2007. And about five years ago, I started my own company. So, and basically what cost segregation is I hate the name, but what we do as an engineering-based company is we segregate the building components and we put them in shorter-life assets. So, for example, 5, 7, 15-year. And this is not by luck or coincidence, but in the Tax Jobs Act a couple years ago, they give everyone 100% bonus and it's on the life of the property, which is 20 years or less. Well, I just told you we break out the personal property, which is five, seven, and 15 years, which means that we give the owner a wickedly huge bonus in the year that they apply cost segregation. So we reallocate. Now, it was previously 50%, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a a moving target, but let's answer it as, as yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's back that up for just a minute. What is the normal tax code for, like, you buy an apartment building. Let's say you buy a $10 million apartment building. Maybe let's call it five for everybody. Just We don't make it so big that you can't think about doing it. But a $5 million deal, it's pretty average right now, right? right? How does it normally work in a tax you know, process? Great question. I'm in an industry where it is easy to explain. But when you're dealing with Congress and the IRS, you can imagine how crazy it gets. So sometimes it's a little bit complicated because they like to make things complicated. But bottom line is that what we do is on a $5 million building, the way that accountants to do it themselves will do it is the easy way. The easy way is straight line. So if anybody has children out there, I can have your child calculate straight line. All you need to do on a residential building, which means a single family home or investment property, single family home, a multifamily apartment complex is first you've got to allocate something for the land. So let's use your example. And the reason is because land is not a depreciable asset. So we got to get rid of that. So basically 5 million and let's just, I'm making numbers up. Let's just say we use a million dollars for land. Now, one segue here is we're not land appraisers. So we don't value the land, but I know enough about it that I can give any owner tips on how he can make this very painless. So now I got the million dollars separated and I've got $4 million multifamily. To do this really simple is you get your calculator out and I am going to get my calculator out and divide 4 million by 27 and a half years. And that means the owner of the building will get a deduction and expense of $145,000 for the next 27 and a half years, 145,000. Easy, easy math. math. Now that's an easy way of doing it. And then that's why a lot of accountants don't go down the road of the correct way. That's what most accountants yeah. do. They take the easy way. Like I gotta go see my CPA, right? Well, I bought a real estate, I bought a house. Cause when we talk about what we're gonna do, you can do it whether you have houses 
or multifamily. It doesn't matter, guys. Right. Right? You can do it both. So you understand the math. $145,000 every year, like clockwork, you get right. that. But now let's talk about kind of what it would may look like on the other side. And we don't have exact, but like normal type of building. Okay. I'm going to tell you that we will expect to find approximately. When I when I talk without seeing the building and knowing the building, I'm talking approximate. Yeah, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, and what we do is we get information before we do a bid or give someone an estimate. We actually do our homework. So I need the address. I take a look at the property with my engineers. So bottom line is if it's a $4 million property and if I find 30%, that means the year that you apply cost segregation. Let's just make the math easy. You bought the building in 2020, you're on extension, which means you've got to file your taxes in a couple of weeks in 2000 and September 15th. I would give the owner an immediate $1.2 million deduction for the tax year 2020 versus $145,000. There we go. So now are we paying attention kids? Okay. Because we did some high level math and I'm just saying, which one's better, <laughs> right? 145 or 1.2 or it's whatever the number was right it's 1.2 guys and let me just tell you this is real money like this is real savings if you understand what you can do with it so well what i want them to do with this i want them to call you and i want them to take the money that they save in taxes and buy more real estate well amen now so for everybody that's a real estate professional i'm gonna just talk to you for just a second and then i'm gonna talk to everybody else okay if you're a real estate professional meaning you work 40 hours plus in the real estate and your cpa will say yep you are a real estate professional he'll be able to guide you what that means so you got to have a good cpa that understands tax and what real estate professionals do then that bonus that 1.2 million dollars can be used to offset all additional income so let's just understand this. Let's say Corey's buying real estate, buy this $5 million deal, but I've got this little side hustle called the info business, which is what we're doing right now, okay? It's the podcast. And Corey makes a million dollars, right? Profit. Corey can take the million dollars and say, wait a second, here's $1.2 million in depreciation. And guess what? I still have negative 200 to carry forward. Corey's not going to pay the T word taxes. And guys, let's not kid ourselves. Our biggest partner in life is the one that never doesn't say much, but come April 15th or whenever that tax deadline is, he want to get paid. So this is what Joseph does. So I got to ask the question. So what property owners should do cost segregation? Okay, you actually hit on a good topic. It is so unlikely that somebody should not do cost segregation, but there are some very small circumstances. One of them is you hit the nail on the head. A real estate professional means that you're an active investor. The kind of losses I give the building owner is the type of investor they are in real estate. So if you're an active investor, I give you active losses. If you're a passive investor, I give you passive losses. So if you're a passive investor, you may not need $1.2 million in losses. So why would you pay me money to do cost segregation? There are other reasons why you might, but bottom line is that would be number one reason 
for me to advise somebody, if you don't need passive losses, you probably don't need to worry about doing cost segregation. The other one would be if you have a lot of partners in the building. So what happens is the whole building has to choose their method of depreciation. And then whatever percentage that you own in the building is your percentage of the deductions. So if you've got, for example, 100 partners, it may not be worth it to try and go to 100 people and say, hey, look, let's find out and let's do cost segregation. So that may be another issue that have me recommend not doing cost segregation. But other than those two, this is the way that you should be depreciating your billing. This is the way wealthy people play the game, by the way, right? So I just want to make sure everybody understands this. So there's always a poor man's way of doing things. And there's people that make lots of money. They figure these things out, right? And so this is a strategy of what I think rich people do. I don't want to just say it like that, like rich people, but smart people that understand the consequences will do everything they can to avoid paying our partner, Uncle Sam. And so it's not tax avoidance. We're not, we're not doing anything unethical. We are using the current strategies yes. that, and tools that are available. And you have, Joseph, a great lever that you can give investors, right? right. And like you said, whether they're passive or not. So, so when we talk about that passive side just for a minute, what does that mean? So that, that's the guy that's maybe, he's not doing, he's not active. So in other words, he just usually gave his money and he's partnering some deal, but he's really not doing the work. But he's usually expecting something for it. And that's income, passive income. And so passive income, and does that get taxed? Yep. Right? So how do you offset it? Yeah. With passive losses. And a lot of times when you do the deep dive on this, that's the answer we come up with. That even though it's not as beneficial as being active, most you can use the losses I provide for any passive income. Yeah. So if the guy owns another business that's passive, if he owns another investment that's passive, so once the accountant understands it's not just for that one building, yeah. it's for all the passive income. Maybe he's got a cash account and then the stock market, he gets a check, a dividend check. That's right. passive money, right? Like it can offset any other passive income, which is lots of different types of income. And then maybe if it's a married individual and the, the spouse isn't working, the spouse could be involved in real estate and be the active investor. One of the easiest ways is to become a real estate agent, by the way. Just yep. wanted to let you know. <laughs> if, if you're not active, tell your wife to go get her. Or if you, you or your wife or or however it is, your husband, tell them to go get a real estate license and start doing some real estate. There's lots of ways to figure this thing out. You got to be smart about it, but that's one way. So when I think about this whole game of that, what we just talked about, like trying to use, because uh, that's really all we're doing is using tax laws here, tax setups and we're doing this thing called engineering studies. So can you un like help us understand what that means exactly in a little bit more detail? So you're, yes. en you're an engineering company. Yes, we are engineers. So bottom line is that just to set the table a little bit more, what happened is accelerated depreciation has been around, I've heard going back to the 1930s, but it just had different names. Like they call the component depreciation in the 80s. And so bottom line is the Hospital Corporation of America sued the IRS in 1997. The judge who found for the Hospital Corporation of America was so disenchanted by the IRS, disgusted by the IRS. He said, IRS, you know that you want everybody to, to use, to accelerate their depreciation, use cost segregation. 
then why aren't you telling all of America about it? So he made that part of the court case. He said, IRS, you have to publish a guideline for cost segregation. You go out, anybody can go out and look for audit technique guideline by the IRS for cost segregation, and you'll find this 200-page document. So by the time the IRS published it was about 2004, and so I got involved in 2007, so it was just steamrolling at that time. The first question I would always get back around 2007, 8, 9, 10 was, oh, this must be a scam. That's impossible. This has to be a scam. Nowadays, everybody understands, including the IRS auditors, they all get it. They all know what we do. And as long as you follow the guidelines, which we do, that's our Bible. And the number one technique is by using engineers. So a lot of times what will happen is you'll have these companies that are accounting-based companies, and they're doing the work mainly in appraisal-type format, where they're not having construction engineers tear apart the property to break out all these components. So that's the difference. We are engineered-based. So our engineers are PEs, professional engineers with those degrees, and so they have the expertise to know the tax laws, to know what can be broken out in short life, what can be broken out in long life, and what the correct value is. Right. And we can also do this, by the way, just to interject, we can also do this for current tax year, or I can go back about 15 years and make the math work. So if you still own some buildings that you've not done this for, you can go back and say, hey, what about this property? By the way, we did yeah. do that, right? I did that a couple, maybe four years ago on a property. It was like, oh, I can do that? And so now here's the question I always get asked, right? So I, when I share kind of this strategy, when I'm in pitching my investors, we're talking about the depreciation they're going to get. What about the recapture? Aren't you going to have to pay your taxes back when you sell it? Yeah. And so there's a component called depreciation recapture. It's part of the law. And basically it's kind of a tax based on the depreciation you've taken However, to make it, it's complex. That's a complex part of my job. Let's make it very simple. Yep. Cost segregation reduces your depreciation recapture. So if you didn't do cost segregation, you're end up paying more depreciation recapture. So it's a The best way to say is some things don't get ever recaptured again. Right. 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 So that's what we're talking about here, kids, is let's say you had a $4 million cost or the, you know, $1.2 million cost seg depreciation schedule, it doesn't always mean that you're going to have to pay back $1.2 million. It could be less when you recapture, when you sell it, because there's things that are not going to be able to be recaptured. Right. There you go. That's what your firm helps do when you get to that point. Yeah. And then another segue, just briefly, because we're talking about benefits, is that there was another tax law in 2014. And what happened then, it was called the Tangible Property Regulations. And the IRS just got tired of all the owners making these wild write-offs. Some owners would write everything off. Finally, they said, no, 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 no. We're going to make bright lines. So they made this law a bright line. One of the things that they do not want the owner to have is they don't want to have two components on the books. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means is let's say you have an HVA system air conditioning system in whatever it is, P-Tax or whatever you might have. Bottom line is you replace all those units. Unless you write off the units you threw away, you have two HVA systems on your book. You've got the original HVA systems when you bought the building, and then you have the new ones that you just bought. The IRS says, no, we want you to get rid 
of those ones that were already purchased that you threw in the trash. So part of what you can use my cost segregation work is you can determine the write-off value for that HVAC system. And do you want additional write-off every year? Can I get a hell yeah? Yeah, hell yeah. Let's use value add. Now you're the owner of multifamily and you're going to go in there. You're going to do improvements on the property. Everything you throw away in the trash has remaining basis that should be, and actually it's not a should. The IRS really, it's mandatory you do this. So like a roof. Yeah. I'm going to replace the roof, right? I'm going to replace the roof. So I had a roof life, right? So Mm -hmm. maybe I'm still depreciating some of that every year, right? Right. And maybe not, right? I guess it all depends on how you set up your cost seg, right? How, whatever. But then I need to wipe that totally off and I'm going to put a new roof and then we're going to start accelerating that as well. Right. Yeah. So that's important because a lot of the value adds in multifamily, they go in, you know what they spend, you know how much per million. We've got like almost $6 million of studies or uh, of uh, rehab projects we're doing on these new properties we're building. It's all right off. When you throw a countertop, you throw a cabinet in the trash, you need the value. How much of that did I throw away? So you need um, the, not only the trash that you threw away, but the new stuff as well that you brought yeah. back on board. It's kind of like getting double dipped. Yeah. Powerful. I'll tell you, I do this that is super obviously powerful, professionally. Man. And here's the deal. A lot of accountants, it's not their money. Bottom line is it's not their money. What accountants really are good at is filing tax returns. Right. Some of them are really good in real estate and they want to help you obtain the most write-offs and depreciation expenses. But let's face it, their job is to file that paperwork. And so are they the ones coming to a lot of these building owners and understanding the laws of real estate? Most of the time, unfortunately, the answer is no. So just let me ask you this. Okay, so working with guys like me, let's say I got a property coming up and just trying to understand how your firm works. This is a real question, by the way, right? So let's say we use your firm, you guys do the work, right? And then do you consult with me every year to say, hey, Corey, what did you spend? Or what did you replace? Or is that, is that something you guys do? Or do I need to come to you and say, hey, Joseph, here's what we did this year on this property. And here's this cost tag that you did. What else can I tell my accountant that we, we threw away? Can you help me figure this out so I can give my accountant? Well, what I'd like to see enchilada. is I would like your accountant before he gets into the throes of the tax season yep. to meet with you and then for him to maybe pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, look, you remember that building did for Corey? Well, hey, look, they just finished the improvements and I need help in calculating the dispositions. That's what you call it. Dispositions. Disposition study. So the problem, and it makes me sound bigger than I am, is that we are crazy busy. Right. <laughs> and so bottom line is I can't really connect with all my clients to say, hey, this is what you need to do. You get a newsletter from me reminding you, hey, this is the time of year for you to meet with your tax planner, your accountant, and go through your tax situation. And then you circle back to me and say, hey, Joe, he told me I need to write a check for $550,000 or $150,000 or 60000 I don't care. I don't want to write that check for sixty grand. Help me. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. 
At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. Here's what we did. Can you help me out with the disposition study to update what we've added to the project, further depreciate, so we can go to our tax man and say, so he can basically say, oh, great job, you guys... Because there's a reason, by the way, Donald Trump is not showing his tax return because he pays no taxes, right? Yeah. Corey, I, like, I'm, I'll be honest, I've not paid any federal income tax in the last, I think, four years. Well, yeah. why? Well, because of this one thing that Joseph is talking about. The cost segregation study is the road to Nirvana, in my opinion. Okay, <laughs> lots of ways to get there. But uh, <laughs> listen, every day that every year that I don't pay Mr. Uncle Sam, I get this grin. It's like the Grinch, right? It goes from ear to ear, and it's kind of wicked awesome because that oh, is great. such great. Yeah. a great feeling. And then my heart grows four times, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, you know, there's another interesting concept is that you have some people out there that advocate that they should pay some income tax. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, me neither. Because I know what I do is 100% legal and, and the IRS regs. I mean, I'm 100% confident and I can talk anybody to death about why is it that you should be doing. Okay, so that being said. So so that goes to my question too. I'm going to ask you this, right? So because what should you be looking for in a cost segregation company? Well, number one, it, my opinion is you need engineers to do the work. You really should have somebody that can show you their CV or resume for the engineer who does the main work. Now, you don't have to have a company full of engineers, like 30, but at least the person who's monitoring the work should be engineering-based. And they should also follow the audit technique guidelines that the IRS printed up. I see a lot of companies out there simply take a lot of shortcuts. Maybe run some software with- to kind of do it, but don't really do the work, right? To verify. I don't even know if there is a software out there that can do cost seg, maybe on a very low level. Right. We're certainly not going to get the type of results that we provide. It's just not possible because we look at all the billing components and we know what can be accelerated. How do we know? Because every year, taxpayers sue the IRS and a judge will make a ruling. And in their ruling, they'll say, oh, the outside bollards, that's considered 15-year land improvements. And you're going, that's a piece of pipe in the ground. What do you mean? And somebody ruled that. That pipe will last for 100 years, but that's land improvements. Yeah. Because some judge said that I agree with the owner and I'm going to give it to him that it's a land improvement. So not only do we have to know the rules and regulations, but we have to be on top of this every month to find out what new tax court decisions there were that impact cost segregation. Yeah, dude, that's huge. It's funny, and this is not a complicated topic, but it is. It's complicated when you guys do your work, right? But for the layman that's sitting here listening to this, this doesn't have to be complicated because the truth is you hire Joseph. Yes. And Joseph does the work and comes back and says, hey, so is cost segregation super expensive? Well, when I first started, it was because the most of the owners that were doing that were the ones that own buildings in downtown Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or Miami. And those cost seg studies in the beginning were very, very, very expensive. But now it's gone way down. 
And also we do two different types of studies. Keep this in mind. We will do a different type of study for a building with a basis of 500,000 or less, which is really not for you, but maybe some of your clients might own single family homes. Or could be a quad or something like that. Could be a right? quad. Could even be a small apartment, you know, yeah. building somewhere that's just not a valuable. I'm not the one who values real estate. And that's another important concept. The only number we care about is what you paid for the property and how much money you put in in capital improvements. So you can put in improvements that can be immediately written off because of that law in, in 2016. Yeah. So we only care about the capital improvements. So if you're going to write stuff off, take them off the table, we don't care. But those two things are, are what we need. So we don't care what the building's worth. And fortunately or fortunately, it's not based on the, the current market value of the building. It's what you paid for it. Wow, because look at what prices are now, right? Yeah. They're yeah. crazy. Which is un- kind of unfortunate. A lot of people think they're going to rob the bank. Oh, my God, I got a $6 million building. A guy goes, $6 million? You mean you bought it for $6 million? No, that's what it's worth. No, 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 no. What'd you pay for it? Oh, a million. I go, well, I have to use the million. <laughs> I can't use the $6 million. Yeah. So buy a $24 million. And guys, let me just tell you. So when you're doing these multifamily deals that we're doing, that we're talking about on this podcast and buying real properties, this cost seg becomes like huge. So just so you guys understand how I set up my deals. Now I do it a little differently than most people, but I'm going to use kind of Joseph's methodology here. You buy a $10 million property, we'll double the numbers. Like, And I think it's closer, you probably have closer to a three to $4 million depreciation schedule, maybe three and a half, right? Now, the way I teach is when we do a deal, I'm going to do a 50-50 split of the ownership. Now, most professional syndicators will do like a 70-30 split, right? And they do that all the way through the deal, but you don't have to. You can actually just say, you can make your PPM say whatever you want. You can say, hey, listen, on the depreciation, we split it 50-50. And then all the everything on the profits, we split it 70-30. But the ownership piece was important to Kotseg, is what is the ownership structure and what does that look like? So in my deals, a 50-50 split on a $3 million depreciation schedule, that means 1.5 comes to me and still 1.5 goes to my investors. So my investors get to benefit But by setting up a 50-50 structure of ownership, and then we define our payout for our investors for what they get paid in income, right? But that depreciation piece is money, right? And so sometimes when I'm structuring deals, I look at the full thing. What's more important to me? I want to make income, but so if I give more to my investors, like I give them a better yield, I give them a better IRR. One of the things that I might take in the trade-off to that is I want more depreciation on my side. And guys, this is the art of structuring deals and using what Joseph's talking about, that cost seg, because depreciation is very, very real. And you can really set yourself up because if you're buying, let's say you buy three deals like that. Now 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, now you've got $4.5 million of depreciation. Let's say you sell a property. Maybe not the three that you buy, but something that's a little bit older and you're going to make $4 million on it. But you got $4 million, $4.5 million of depreciation in that tax year. Guess what? Now, does it carry forward, Joseph? That's a good question. Yes. So if you don't need, in the example, we had $1.2 million. If you don't need those deductions in this year, 
I use the term, it goes on forever, but that's probably not true. I've never really looked it up, but I've been told that it's 15 years, which to me is forever. Because, Feels like forever. <laughs> I mean, come on. The tens of thousands of clients over the years, I've only had a handful, two or three. They own the building for so long, they have no more depreciation. Right. Because what you should do is if you're getting near that point, sell the property and get into a new property. <laughs> Because you pro- want depreciation. You don't want to give up that card. No one said it's a bad idea to take a little profit, okay? Yes. And take that profit by the next deal so you don't have to have any taxable offense. But right? these losses carry forward until yeah. your bucket runs dry. Okay, so it carries forward. That's big. So you may not need the dollar today, but like if you're holding, like we teach, you know, five years there's going to be times where those things are coming up and you're going to sell. And when you sell, sometimes you make a big hit. So like we're selling our property in Yuma, Arizona, where we bought it for 8.9. We're selling it for 19 million, right? We're going to make some money. Guess what? I have a lot of depreciation that's been just waiting. It's been carrying forward every year, dude. It's going to be a hellacious time to not be able to, to make that kind of money and not have to pay taxes. Yeah. And that's a good point. In my opinion, you, you never get burned with cost segregation. It's just the timing factor. So in other words, if you don't need all of it, the $1.2 million, then you're going to use it in the Just future. bank it. Or you're going to use it when you sell the building. Yes. The only time you really get hurt, you don't get hurt. But the only consideration is that, you know, and most people don't do this. If you sell a building for cash, is a different scenario than doing an exchange. Mm-hmm. So most people, when they quote unquote sell a building, they exchange into a new one. And so bottom line is you'll get the benefit of my work sometime. Is it going to be in tax year 2020 or 21 or 22? Who knows? But you are going to get the benefit. The only time I would recommend not doing it is you hit the nail on the head. Is if you're only going to buy a building, you plan on holding it for for less than two years. I would say you probably don't want to pay Joe any money and you don't want him to do the work. Now, I have a lot of guys who say, I don't care, man. If I can make a dime, I'm going to make a dime and beat Uncle Sam. Okay, I don't care. A but I would say if you're going to maybe sell a dollar building, tomorrow, but you also got to weigh out the benefit of it as well. Yeah. But two years or less, if you're going to sell the building, I would say probably don't do it. Yeah. See, that's the advice. That's the kind of guess we bring on here is one that's going to tell you more like the real, right? Like, yeah, Jason would love to take your money, but like, He's also trying to say, hey, there's some kind of threshold that kind of seems to make sense for most people. So pay attention to that. I think that's sage counsel. And it's very rare that you get it truthfully, right? A lot of people, insurance guys want to sell you more insurance. And here's what we do. We do our work up front for no charge. So I will look at a building. And by looking at a building, we don't just look at a building. We actually do the work because I have to meet with my engineer and go, okay, what kind of an apartment complex is this? So for example, if it's an apartment complex with say 40 different buildings, that's going to be a different fee, apartment complex with maybe 40 buildings, but they're all identical. They're all the same. Yeah. But if I got to go out there and look at 40 different buildings and by the audit technique guidelines, if the buildings are different, meaning size wise or number of stories, I have to look at each one of those buildings separate. So if I have to send somebody out in the field to look at 40 different buildings, that's going to take days. Yep. That makes sense, right? Like that's how it works, right? And so we don't charge for that part of it up front. And then what we do is that after we give you the estimate and the fee, then we'll make our recommendation also. And if it doesn't work, I'll be the first to tell my potential client, I would not do this. 
Yeah, that's huge, by the way, guys. That is absolutely huge. That is standing behind your work, standing behind what you do, right? That means a lot. Like, that is where it's at. So, kind of thinking of my last question here, a couple last, come to the end, like, what would you tell, like, if you had to give advice to new investors or even seasoned investors on this potential subject with cost segregation, what would it be? What would you tell them? Well, first, just because we're an engineering company, you hit the nail on the head way back, is I would get an accounting partner who knows real estate, because that's going to save you a lot of grief and a lot of money. And that would be very important because the good ones out there, of course, know that the cost segregation is the way to go to depreciate a building. So that would be number one advice is find somebody you can work with that understands real estate. If the guy you're working with has a lot of folks out there that work for Costco and they get a a job, they have a, a check every week or two weeks or whatever, that's not the person who knows real estate investors. And so find somebody who knows that because that's going to save you a lot of money down the road. I would get somebody like me to give you unbiased opinion on, is it worth it to do it for this property or not? And I can tell immediately, like, I mean, I can tell in a matter of an hour whether this is going to be worth it for the client to move forward or not. So Yeah, no, that's huge. It's huge. Well, listen, I just want to thank you for this time and just for kind of un... We really did actually a pretty good job of pulling the can off and just showing you what it really looks like, right? So... Because, listen, cost seg can change your life. Ask me how I know, right? Uh, three years, four years are not paying uh, taxes. And that was a big, heavy burden, right? So for all my single family fix and flip guys out there, right? You guys are paying ordinary income. I already know who you are. I know what it feels <laughs> like, right? And all the more reason to start buying and holding deals or putting one foot into this multifamily game. Because I'm telling you, buying properties and holding them is the rich man's profession. It's what wealthy people do. It's not trading, it's not selling things quickly. It's really buying and holding. When you do that, then you're playing now with all the benefits and all the tax rules that really benefit you as someone that's providing housing. And I think that's just its just tremendous value. And what you do, Joseph, is just really, it's magic. It's magic. Well, that's great advice you gave, Corey. That's really solid advice that you gave every listener out there. I have a lot of, in the last couple of years, a lot of the flippers are now turning into quasi flippers. They're now holding some because they know that when they flipped, they couldn't take advantage of cost segregation. I would tell them, no, won't help you. But now that they're turning part of their portfolio into hold properties. And that is probably- That would be almost my mission, right? Like to get those from that world. And I just know that they're just, they're making the worst amount of type of money ever, ordinary income. And if they would start thinking about that tax bill and saying, oh, because I know guys that are super, they do it well. I mean, they flip a lot of homes and they're making seven figures and that comes a seven figure tax bill. (laughs) Right? It's painful where they could just buy some real estate and hold it, probably offset that a lot, right? And then make it a, a lot less or, or almost to zero. That's, I don't know exactly what it looked like, but it would be a lot better. I know. Yep. Good advice. So with that said, how do people get a hold of you, man? I, like, how do they find your company and how do they do some business? Okay. Here it is. It's U.S. Tax Advisors Group Incorporated. So it's pretty simple. We use their acronym USTAGI. So www.ustagi.com. 
There is a sheet uh, that you can put online or you can send me the information by email. But all the contact information, I think the easiest way, instead of giving phone numbers or, yeah, exactly. or my email, just go on to USTAGI.com and find our phone numbers and give me a call or send me an email or fill out the form online. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Joseph, I want to thank you for taking your time of giving this, really unlocking this whole episode on how the depreciation, what a cost tag is, why you want to use engineers, why you want to settle for nothing but the best, and why you want to have someone that understands those laws and, and that's actively engaged in the marketplace and looking for those decisions, those court decisions, those things that can really move the needle just a little bit. All those little things seem to make a big impact when you put them all together, right? Guys, listen, this game real estate's crazy. It's amazing. You can make lots of money and pay no taxes if you just do it right, okay? But before you get there, you gotta take these two things in between you know, this, this, the, your ears, right? These little headphones that I got on if you're watching on YouTube. It's what's in between there. It's the most important piece of real estate ever, right? <laughs> it's Because in there is your thoughts and your dreams and your goals and your wants. All that stuff is what you think, guys. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. 